This week's episode is brought to you by CISO, the 100% commercial-free streaming comedy service. With a selection of the finest and quotable classics, next day, late night, and exclusive original series, CISO has all the comedy you crave for only $3.99 a month. Go to CISO.com today to start your one-month free, free trial, and be sure to use promo code IW20 at checkout to get an additional free month. That's right, two free months of comedy for fans with special brains that get medieval animated improv, reality show parodies, and know that sadness is British comedy's secret sauce. Stop waiting to stream the comedy you crave and sign up at CISO.com today with promo code IW20 to start your two-month free trial. CISO. You get it. Hello and welcome to IndieWare is Very Good Television Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Lizlet on the Twitters. I'm Ben Travers, I've been T Travers on the Twitters. And Ben, it's good to see you. How have you been? Oh, you know, Liz. As good as ever, I guess. You got you've gotten to write some fun reviews of some maybe less than fun shows. Yes, I have. And some fun reviews, uh, less than fun reviews of fun shows. I never write less than fun reviews. Well, I just mean like you, you, you seem to take the, you're, this week's You're the Worst pretty hard. Well, <laughs> have you seen it? Yes, I have. And yes, you were correct in <laughs> and that. And you understand. Yes. That being said, uh, his book title, I, I can't get over that. Yes. Um, I might have to have you explain it to me later. But the point... <laughs> I'm not going to do that. And you yeah. get it. You're the one who's addicted to certain erotica, let's say. So I, I think you understand Jimmy's I'm essence. doing my job when I watch Outlander at the office. That's just the way it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to watch Outlander at the office for reasons. I, I mean, I, I just dispute that the reasons are professional. <laughs> Outlander does good traffic, man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, but I, never mind. We could, that could be the whole podcast. That could be the whole podcast. But instead, uh, we're we're talking to you guys uh, the Friday before Thanksgiving. This is the week before Thanksgiving, as you li- the week of Thanksgiving, as you listen to this. That's right. The holidays are here. Who wasn't ready? Raise his hand. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I mean, normally I'm very ready. Normally I'm ready in like September. Yeah. So I've got the tree up, you know, lights strung, everything. But this year I'm I'm. It's very hard to get in the mood. Yeah, I mean we've got we've got our we've got um, the official office Christmas tree up. We've got the official office Festivus pole up. So we're covered for both big holidays of the season. We should be feeling it. We should be feeling it. But maybe maybe Thanksgiving's as always kind of the delightful appetizer that gets us in the mood for the main dish of Christmas and th- Christmas and New Year's. Hopefully, fingers crossed. That'd yeah, be nice. Maybe for you, Liz. I've never needed it before. Yeah. Well, hopefully this year, though, like one of the things you can do is we're going to have a little time off, a little extra, a little a little more leisure than usual, at least one day of non-actual workings. And uh, how do you plan to spend your time? Oh, man, Liz. I mean, after spending so much of my life uh, professionally just watching TV, I don't really know if I'm going to have another option other than to watch more TV this coming Thanksgiving week. Yeah. And that kind of leads us to something that's, I feel like I always go into the holidays with this kind of expectation of, this is going to be when I catch up on so much television. And then I forget a couple of key things that lead us kind of asking to the question this week of, are the holidays a really good time to binge view TV? And there are, I think, a number of issues that come up, number one of which is, um, whether or not you're by yourself or by with with cool, like-minded friends or... 
maybe you're going home for the holidays for, for Thanksgiving and you are going to be with your family for several days and everyone has to agree on what to watch. Right. And two of the two of the new shows that will be an option for those disputes over whether or not you should binge this or that or, you know, sample this or that even um, come from completely polar opposite scenarios, one of which is Search Party, which is coming out on TBS. Um, it's a fantastic new show starring Aaliyah Shawkat, uh, a.k.a. Maybe from Arrested Development. And uh, it's it's kind of a mystery comedy hybrid, and TBS is releasing all ten episodes of season one on demand on Monday. So they'll be available for you to kind of just flip on and check out at your leisure. But then on the other side of the line... Uh, as opposed to a show that is just starting, brand new, nobody's really heard of it yet, you've got Gilmore Girls coming back on Netflix the Friday after Thanksgiving. So when you've recovered from your Black Friday shopping sprees, uh, you can go home and revisit the Gilmore Girls. Uh, You could be binging that already if you really wanted to, to just prep for it, and, and everybody would be ready. So you've got one option that's really, really popular and one option that nobody's really seen before. So in that fight... Um, you're you're going to have to make a compelling case one way or the other, but they also appeal to both demographics in that there's some people who are going to have their own private alone time and they can just decide on their own to watch Search Party, and then there's going to be people who are with a big group of folks, and maybe the consensus will be, well, we'll all watch Gilmore Girls. Yeah, I mean, Gilmore Girls, Gilmore, when, I, when, I, when they announced that Gilmore Girls was going to be coming out Thanksgiving weekend, my initial reaction was, that's that's brilliant. Like, it's a good weekend for people to binge view their way through stuff. I can't wait to hear what kind of fake numbers they give us about who, how many people actually watched, or how not not fake numbers from Netflix, but fake numbers from the organizations that like to pretend they know how much Netflix viewing actually gets done. Yeah, Netflix will send us real numbers about something that isn't viewership, like how many mothers yeah. cry thinking about their daughters watching Gilmore Girls because they saw a preview for it on Netflix. That's a bad example. No, but something but we, but like no, that. We, something obscure yet We specific. literally got a release that said like 62% of mothers and daughters find they bond over binge viewing. Right. I think yeah. that was the number, 62%. Yeah. Which is, of course, very scientifically proven. And there are literal mm-hmm. invites that Netflix has created that you can send your mom or your daughter to invite with to watch with you. So you can send this little card that has Rory and Lorelai on it that says something like, you know, you get the coffee, I'll get the Yale pennant, and then, like, we'll binge watch Gilmore Girls appointment viewing the day after Thanksgiving. And they've got GIF ones, they've got regular ones, they've got a video to go along with it. There's a video out there right now asking you not to spoil things for everybody else, but they are clearly targeting people who, like, would want to get together to watch this. They want to make this a family event on Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, and... The thing about it is um, this will not – I'm willing to bet decent money that this will not be an event in the Miller family during during the Miller family Christmas, mostly because, you know, there's a 50% of the Miller family is male and doesn't watch Gilmore Girls, and then my mom doesn't watch Gilmore Girls, and I only recently watched Gilmore Girls. So I think I'm pretty much on my own for my Gilmore Girls viewing. Um and but I feel like and I feel like kind of similar situation. The thing with Search Party that uh, TBS is I is perhaps not officially trying to pull, but they are there. There are hints that this is the case. Is that um, because in theory millennials will be home for for Christmas or for for Thanksgiving? Uh, they'll be home for the holidays. They will have access to their parents' cable subscriptions, and thus <laughs> they will watch. They will use they will use the week to watch uh, Search Party, which is. 
is on at least on the surface very millennial targeted but you both both you and i have seen the pilot at least and i re- yeah, i really liked it and i think it's a just a quality show that it, you know i can see any connoisseur of tv really enjoying for what it is yeah, absolutely i've i've seen all 10 now oh um, you're, you've binged yeah I've, i'm writing the review as we speak well not literally i'm halfway through the review as we speak um and it will be available on IndieWire.com by the time you're listening to this. Ooh. So fancy, fancy. But uh, no, I, I, it absolutely holds up in the same vein of which it is presented in the pilot. Um, what What's the, for, for that show, just really quickly, what's the, if you liked Blank, you'll love Blank? You know, that's a great question because one of the interesting things about Search Party is how it blends comedy genres and mystery genres to a pretty effective balance between the two um there are storylines that are completely unrelated to the mystery but are tied to the characters so you're just kind of enjoying those laughing those learning a little bit about them and then there's stuff that is directly and only related to the mystery which isn't meant to be found funny at all and it can get kind of not scary but you know uh thrilling or exciting or Mm -hmm. you know insert similar verb here but uh but yeah I, i don't know what i'd who i'd recommend it to other than most people, I guess. I, I don't think there's anything that's going to hang you up about it if you're accessible to discussing millennial generational I, issues. I don't think it trigger it, it it's not like it's not like say like something like CBS is the great indoors, which is just like let's take a baseball bat and beat up millennials. No. It's but it, it does I feel like if people are super sensitive to those tropes they might if they I it's interesting because I wouldn't want to – it doesn't feel like they're being put into a box. Like in on The Great Outdoors, they're putting a generation into a very specific label and just kicking the shit out of it. This, they are investigating both the good and the bad mm-hmm. of what has been associated with this generation for a while. And it's pretty compelling TV from that standpoint, but it's also just a great way to engage with these characters. Like they build people very slowly but very – deliberately they have a very good understanding of who each of these people are so they don't feel like they're merely representatives of you know millennials um but also the like the mystery element of it is very effectively told it's Mm -hmm. not something where you're literally hanging on your at the edge of your seat at the end of every episode but you are teased pretty strongly about what's to come or or you know giving given clues or given examples and i don't know it's it's a very interesting show it will create a very interesting discussion around it i hope mm-hmm. um but presuming that people watch it pres- yeah absolutely presuming that people watch it which is something that tbs has been very aggressive about throughout their original programming slate they've been experimenting with different forms of binge viewing and binge viewing options since you know angie tribeca pre- premiered its full season at once in a marathon, 10 episodes of, what, five days or something? They basically, I think they re-aired all 10 episodes two or three times over the course of one weekend. Yeah. So anytime you turned on search, it, it turned on TBS uh, that weekend in January, it was uh, Angie Tribeca. Which to me was a very clever thing to do because Angie Tribeca is a show in which if you catch one of the jokes, which there are many of, you're likely to get hooked. Like if you like that joke, you yeah. are going to stick around and then you'll, you can, you know, set your DVR to record the rest of it. You can go online and watch it if you wanted to. Like you can absolutely stick by that. Um, so I kind of like what TBS is doing here. I'm excited to see if it works. And yet I don't think we'll really be told how much it does. I, I don't know how much they're going to give away about this kind of experiment. Well, but. if it's really, really successful, they'll 
blast out all the numbers as much as humanly possible. If they aren't thrilled, then uh, they'll be like, oh, well, you know, it's hard to really track how, how DVR and how DVR and digital viewing affect things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and a measuring stick for kind of how successful that becomes is, would be interesting, too. Because yeah. it's, it's something, it's not totally unprecedented, but it's pretty close. Um, as opposed to Gilmore Girls, which, as you mentioned, we're not going to get any numbers on. But you have to imagine they're going to be monstrous. And then it just comes down to whether or not groups are watching like i'd be curious if if because it's on the holidays that doesn't act as a deterrent from people who would have normally just gotten together to have a weekend to watch gilmore girls from doing it because they're all spread out everybody's doing something different everybody's committed to their family or friends or activities or whatnot um because thanksgiving is a little bit of a travel day so i literally have a friend who is flying to washington dc from los angeles to watch gilmore girls with one of her best friends like, there was, she wanted to take a trip. She was thinking about doing it already. And then she noticed that Thanksgiving happened to coincide with Gilmore Girls. And she's like, I'm going to go watch it with my friend. Now, I do have a, a question related to that. Um, why do you think Netflix waited till Friday? They've, they've experimented with Thursday releases already. They've moved around a little bit on the days of the week. So they're not as firmly set on releasing on Fridays as they used to be. Um, and I don't think... I mean, maybe they got numbers back that would suggest otherwise, but considering what the other businesses are doing on Thanksgiving Day, how Black Friday is moving on to Thanksgiving and invading an actual holiday, I'm a little surprised they don't make it available that night so people could just watch it after dinner. Well, it would be – but the thing is is that they would be making it available as of Thursday at midnight, which means that basically all day while you're cooking Thanksgiving dinner, you could be watching Gilmore Girls. Um, I think that's part of it. I think the honestly, I think it kind of speaks to how you know, and, and this might be a very American thing, but America has never really caught into the idea of scheduling scheduling an event television on like holidays. And I, I was, I, I think you're probably at this point sick of hearing me rant about how I like the I like the British tradition of you know they air big christmas day specials on actual christmas day well see but that's the that's the difference no but that's that is that there are there are other businesses as well as movies specifically movies released it things on christmas day specifically because it is a holiday and they know people have it off and they know people have time to kill i'm a little surprised that netflix isn't taking advantage of it in a similar vein that is i mean okay laying it all out like that that's a fair point but i can also see like i think everyone I think Netflix is willing to experiment with Thursday releases, but um, maybe this is a sign that the Thursday releases that they've tried haven't worked out as well as they wanted. Yeah, I I just, I mean, my counter to that is, one, they haven't done enough to really, I think, have any kind of substantial numbers, no matter what their crazy algorithm can predict in the future. And two, they've never had anything like this. They've never had an opportunity of this kind of, First of all, this holiday at this magnitude, as well as a revival, a show of such expect with such expectations surrounding it. Yeah. Um, so again, I don't think it matters a whole lot because it's Netflix. Everybody's got it. People will wait another day to do it, and it's not going to necessarily drive subscribers to make sure that they have it available on Thanksgiving. But I am kind of I'm a little surprised that it's not coming out early. It, it is. It is a very unique. What if they did? What if they released it early? What if they're like surprise Wednesday? We're releasing it on Thursday. They've done it to us before. Don't joke about that. <laughs> Don't joke about that. It happened to me yeah. twice, and I didn't like it then. I know. Stupid 
Born is New Black Season 3. I'm talking to you, Born is New Black Season 3. I see you and I do not care for your antics. You still gave it an A. Did I? Yeah. Season 3? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> so I want to ask you, um, the thing is, I feel like I feel like looking forward at this year's holidays, I don't see like a real opportunity for any great binging. Like I'm going to be with my family over both both holidays probably and there's going to be a lot of compromise. I mean, it's good. It's compromising like we watch, we've, we as a family get along pretty well and we're able to pick the right things to watch together. Uh, there was a memorable Miller family Thanksgiving where we binged our way we what well, we did we did a marathon of all the Star Wars movies but in the machete order, which in case you're wondering right. Uh, it, which is a good order to watch four five two three six um <laughs> does that does that does that uh, does that annoy you in some way or no i'm fine with it okay cool um just the ordering not m- my family watching star wars together neither yeah. fine with both good glad to hear it uh but anyways we've had we've had we've had good compromise experiences like that but i'm curious like for you what, what is you have like a memorable holiday binge where you're like just really got to take the time the quiet to sink into something that you might not have met, not not have caught before. Mm, that's a good question. Um, I can give you a moment to think about because I can I can tell tell you about one one experience. Yeah, I by had. all means. Um, my brother and I I got back in the days of DVDs, children. Um, I got a the complete se- series of Sports Night on three in three like actually it's more like I think it's I think it's at least six DVDs maybe more than that. Um, but I got the box the Sports Night box set. And I'd never seen the show before, but I'd always wanted to watch it. And especially because I, uh, at that point, The West Wing was already in the air and I loved The West Wing. So my brother and I watched the entire series between Christmas and New Year's. And uh, it, it, it maybe drove our parents insane because we just were talking like Aaron Sorkin characters all day when we weren't watching Aaron Sorkin shows. Well, specifically, you were talking about overwritten or Aaron Sorkin characters, if you're talking specifically about Sports Night. Quality. Early Aaron Sorkin is an acquired taste, but it's a delicious no, one. absolutely not. It's delicious. Nope. Ben, I don't question your taste. I, I'm not <laughs> questioning your taste. You can you can somehow prefer it, but it, I would never describe it as an acquired taste because that implies that people should try to overcome their initial distaste for it, whereas his later work is poetry. Hmm. I like I like him better when he has less ego and more words. Mm, yeah, that's a bad combination. No, more ego and more, more ego and fewer words doesn't work for me. It's produced much better work. Eh, no. It's okay. more, 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 more. You want more, me to go through the list? No, no. Because there's just, an Oscar in there. I'm just saying more bearable work for me. Like I can handle Aaron Sorkin. At, at a, I can handle Aaron Sorkin's work if it's a little less refined, but a lot more humble. Mm, I would argue that he is not any degree of any degree less humble in Sports Night than he is later. Hmm. I, I think he's. I think he's a lot more humble in Sports Night than he is with the newsroom. Disagree. Hmm. All right, so do you come up with one? I've got nothing. Uh, we don't really, the Travers family, as far as I can recall, we don't binge that heavily. It's a difficult thing for anyone to sustain. Katie and I, my sister and I, have definitely binged things before. I don't remember anything specifically tied to holidays. We had we had an OC binge back in the day when it first came on because they had like it on FX, and that definitely affected my life in a very wonderful way. But um, 
our most of our holiday traditions revolve around shorter events. Like we definitely go to a movie every Christmas Day. That's something that Travers family ventures out to That's do. That's nice. Um, TV is dictated a lot by sports because there is quite a bit uh, around the holiday season. So, so it depends um, on how the Bears are doing. How the Bears are doing. It depends on um, you know, basketball, college basketball, pro basketball, college football, especially come Christmas um, and New Year's. But no, I mean. In terms of uh, the availability for it, there's certain times where I've been where I am, am like going to bed and I can fall asleep to something like on Netflix, or maybe I'll make time to watch screeners like later in the night when people have kind of settled down, or Katie and I'll settle in for something shorter like that. But um, we both stay on top of things pretty well, so I don't remember anything in particular. I, I do feel like there's opportunity um, during that travel time, and specifically for Thanksgiving. I'm not going home for Thanksgiving. It's too long of a trip. Um, so I will have plenty of opportunity because I'll be on my own to binge out, binge watch some things and catch up on some TV. Hopefully I can, you know, do something else. But Yeah, you should you should try leaving the house. <laughs> try, I, try not watching TV for a little bit. But I, I like, by the way, in, in nowhere in this conversation that we've been having has the idea of should you, shouldn't you spend your holidays doing something that isn't watching TV? Yeah, like, shouldn't you bond with your family when you actually talk to each other? Yeah. But I mean, I feel like I mean, I feel like a lot of times, like especially just we as human beings now bond so much through media. Like it's a unifying element, something to, fun to talk about. I absolutely agree. I think there is a danger in in relying too heavily upon it, especially if you're not talkers. Like if if you watch something and then you're just kind of like, "What'd you think? It was good, okay," and then you move on. Then you know that two hours of your life could have probably been better spent if you're just looking for bonding time. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, especially when it comes to TV these days getting together over the holidays especially if you have a big family or an extended family oh yeah or just people you don't talk to you know every week um kind of discovering what they're watching and finding that element is an easy way to you know get things going again yeah actually like when I, when we've had larger when, at large family gatherings like people all end up having conversations with people about tv and it will be really exciting to hear like even if they're watching shows that I don't necessarily think are great, like it's interesting. It's always I like getting exposed to people who are fans of things I'm not necessarily a fan of, if only just to find out what what triggers that. And I'm speaking very not just like casually viewing, but like they're genuine fans and they're very obsessed with it. Not obsessed, obsessed, but yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think it also speaks to the the big question that comes with with the idea of watching stuff over the holidays is curating and. Mm-hmm finding stuff that will appeal to everyone um yeah which is not easy no not and and there's some things where you know especially let's say something like westworld could be a little bit more divisive when you're talking with your family members about it depending on how sensitive they are Mm -hmm. to those you know type of stories and, and that type of storytelling what's interesting to me about gilmore girls and what's been kind of reassuring uh to a strong degree and these early reviews that have come out are very, very positive. People seem very pleased with this continuation. Even you. Even me. Even you, whose heart is black as coal. Yeah, I mean, keep in mind, Full House, I think, is a pretty good show. The original Full House was pretty good. I I don't think it's great. I wouldn't. Gilmore Girls is better than Full House. But <laughs> breaking news. Right, right. You guys had no idea. But um, the Fuller House. It is a continuation. It is not a new show by any means or a sequel. It is just a retread of garbage. Um, and that's what it is. I, I mean, I, to finish this up, I gave that an F. Like, that Netflix revival was awful. It was something that ruined the original series. I can't believe you gave Fuller House a lower lower grade than The Ranch. 
Yeah, it is It is far worse than the ranch. It deserves a grade much lower than the ranch. Um, and in comparison, Gilmore Girls got a B plus. I, I thought it was great. And, and and Ben is not a super fan. Like, that's I'm an important thing to know. Fan. Yeah, that's the, like a super fan probably would have gone up to A minus. Based on what I read of your review, like you were, you know. I've spoken with a particular super fan critic who loved it. Like out of his mind loved it oh this is gonna be an interesting conversation we're all having next um, week so yeah it's it's i feel like because uh everyone should have a good response to this there shouldn't be too much division there will always be those little discussions about character choices and and you know who's who made the right choice who made the wrong choice who you know uh is living up to their potential who's not like a bunch of those kind of personal things but those are the fun debates to have when you're on the same playing field of like we both loved the show we both really responded to it let's get into the nitty-gritty details right so in terms of that that should make for a pretty good holiday experience if you do end up watching it with your family like if you're lucky enough to be able to have you know everybody together who wants to watch Gilmore Girls and you do it should lead to some really good times. Well, here's here here is I think the most important question, and maybe the question that a lot of people listening have. Uh, let's say a lot of us are going home. If we are going home to our families, we are going home, especially to people who have not watched the original series and maybe have no like point of reference for why they should care. Will they be able to enjoy the first, at least the, the, the these episodes? Um, if they've never seen it before. It's not hard to pick up. There's, it's not like a, most, a very complicated premise. No, no, no. There's ob- there's absolutely nothing complex. There's certain things you won't appreciate because so many characters come back and there's, I mean, not an overwhelming number of references to what came before, but a, a strong amount, like a right. good, good reliance because that's what fans have come to expect. Um, so I think they'd be a little maybe disappointed. They might have a couple of questions in regard to um, you know, wh- who's this guy? Where'd that guy come from? What's their history, kind of thing? But nothing mm-hmm. that would, uh, nothing that would really damage them. Nothing so. more complicated than watching, like, it, probably a lot less complicated than watching, like, the first episode of Game of Thrones. Right. So to be, yeah, very <laughs> much so. Um, so to be very stereotypical with, well, no, let's go the other way. Let's say, you know, your dad and your brother are just diehard Gilmore Girls fans and your mom and your sister are just kind of like, eh, it's fine. Like, I I never got around to watching it. I'm not too worried about it. They can sit down and watch it and they're going to be okay with it. Right. They're going to be fine. And, you know, the dad and the son are going to lose their minds. Thank you. You... Now, I like that you gender flipped it for two reasons. One is that that's very progressive and modern of you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's worry about the men. Let's worry about what the men think. Look, yes. (laughs) Apparently, apparently, you white men have been in a crisis all this time, and I, we never knew. But I've been they, so angry, Liz. Thanks I mean, for waking just, us up. We don't have enough power. I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, How dare you try to make a decision? I know it's I'm the worst that way. Um, but uh, not only do I enjoy the fact you gender flipped it, but a weird fact about just my circle of friends is I know so many more male Gilmore Girls fans than than female. Like. Like the the people the people in my life to whom I am close, the ones who are really passionate Gilmore Girls fans tend to always be male. Interesting. It's I, it's weird. Yeah. They keep talking. They they there's and there's even like I mean that's not like universe that's not specific to my like little corner of the universe. Like there's no. actually a lot of like there's a Gilmore Guys podcast which is devo- which is a fan podcast devoted to it. That sort of thing. I'm very aware of 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 how strong a male contingent there is out there. Um, I 
sadly only know women. Like I, I know exclusively women who are freaking out and excited over this, um, which is, you know, obviously not a problem either. But uh, I, I mean, I've only heard of the men through professional means and, and mm-hmm. observation outside of my own life. But, uh, yeah. but that, I mean, again, that just speaks to it. Like that's, that's the power of this show coming out this holiday season. There's going to be. I can't wait to see the online discussion. I, I, I expect Twitter to just be flooded with reactions to this. Should be fun. Yeah. This I, I feel like I kind of want to cap off the I know so many male Gilmore Girls fans with the a friend of mine a friend of mine on Twitter. Uh, I was talking about how I just finished uh, watching the whole ser- the whole original series, and my basically I was just like I think I think I'm coming out and saying it, guys. Logan's the best boyfriend. Of the three options, Logan's the best. I know they all suck, but Logan's the best. Um, and I'm I'm trying not to look at Ben's face because Ben's seen all of them, and I haven't seen all the I have new episodes. So many secrets, you guys. It's been really hard to hold on to these. Yes, it's gonna be nice. It's gonna be nice for you to finally be able to talk to us about them. I'm sure. Um, but uh, but with a but anyways, point is, he was like, I was I was asking him like what his his you know ideal his perfect uh, his 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 pick for boyfriend for Rory was, and he was like, uh, me. Oh God, that poor man. <laughs> what you think it's bad for him to want to be Rory's boyfriend? Also, I mean, let's just leave aside the fact that Never we're talking mind. about a grown man and a fictional character. Yeah, let's let's pretend that that's all I was talking about. <laughs> Oh Lord! Okay, um, I think we need to cut this off before you do end up just exploding. I'm going to spoil something. Yeah. We got to yeah. talk about something. Yeah, else. we got we to change the subject. I'm amazed I lasted this long. Um, here's our here's our question for the week. If you care to send it in, uh, Liz at IndieWire.com, Ben at IndieWire.com. We would like to know uh, what what you you do tend to view over the holidays, so either Thanksgiving or Christmas. This could be what you did end up viewing. This over the course of this week while visiting family or just enjoying a little time off from work or being in a country that's not America, which, you know, that's your own sort of celebration at this stage. Well, uh, let's, let's try to limit it to, to binging or not binging, though. Like, I yeah. want to get that focus in there. I mean, I, you, if you want to send me a list of 32 shows that you watched at one I, episode An itemized piece, list. That's, I guess, just, your priority. But Just share a bet on your Google spreadsheet, because clearly you're that type of person who has that Google spreadsheet. That's true. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am more curious if you're able to binge over your holiday season. Like, yes. if, if it's something that seems doable or practical for you. Uh, based on your travels and, and company. Um, very good. And so, yes, that's Liz at IndieWire.com, Ben at IndieWire.com. Tell us your thoughts. And in the meantime, Ben, what was the best thing you watched on TV last week? I feel bad. I don't remember if this was what I said last time. Um, the best thing I watched last week was the You're the Worst season finale. I think you said you were looking forward to it last week. Okay, great. Um, I'll, I can split it up a little bit by also adding that South Park did a great job of following up a rather weak post-election episode with a pretty great week after a post-election episode. To be fair, to the fair, their post-election episode, they had to rewrite in exactly. like 12 hours. No, and, and again, like that's one of those things where you can get into a monster debate over like, okay, but that's their choice to try to write something so late in the game or to try to predict the future and they screwed up and then you could go back to, well, no, that's how they've always done it. That's how they remain relevant and current, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, their most recent one, they really figured it out. Connecting, <laughs> connecting as they've been doing this whole season, uh, Star Wars revival to the political climate um, with Donald Trump slash Mr. Garrison appearing out of uh, Darth Vader's, no. like, what is it? I don't know what it's called. The Rejuvenation Chamber or something. Yeah, that thing was 
brilliant. Wonderful. Um, but no, you're the worst season finale, season three finale. This year has been what negative people would say uneven, what I would argue experimental. I think they're, they've really been trying to stay current, and nothing was more telling to me than when they ended Sunday Funday and kind of discussing why they ended Sunday Funday, because it was becoming its own monster. It was the uh, tail wagging the dog, so to speak, instead of them making their own decisions. They made so many big decisions in this season, as well as having a very powerful through line with Jimmy's arc. Um, as I mean, Gretchen's arc, too, was, was pretty riveting, but she was emotionally taxed after last season, so they passed that burden over to Jimmy a little bit this year, which I really found fascinating to watch Chris Gear portray. Um, and the way they ended it may not be super pleasing to all the fans out there, but I think it is absolutely the best thing that the show could have done um, to stay honest to what the show's always been. So I'm, I'm really proud of how the season ended. I'm really impressed with what they tried to do and yeah there were some you know failures in this grand experiment but I really thought overall it still held up very very well yeah I I also was really impressed and like looking back over the season I think what's really interesting about it is if you're comparing it to season two where Gretchen's with you know like if you're comparing season two with Gretchen Gretchen kind of coming you know really being hit hard by her depression and you're and take that comparison to season three with Jimmy dealing with the death of his father. Boy, we just spoiled. I hopefully I didn't just spoil things for people. Hopefully the cool people listening to this podcast are at least cognizant of Fear of the Worst being one of the best shows on television. Cognizant. 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 Is that? I, I don't. I read <laughs> words, Ben. I don't say them. Oh, I love it. Let's go with it. Um, I I think you're right, Liz. I think it's cognizant. Continue. I hope they're cognizant too, though I know at least two listeners who are not. Sorry, mom. Um, she's not up to date. No, I don't think so. Oh, sorry, mom. Sorry, Anne. Um, she might know that. Okay. Anyway, point is, point is the the fact is like I feel like Gretchen's depression in season two kind of did take over the show in a way that really like focused focused season two and made it very gave it such real impact, and that didn't happen in season three. And I think – so if people are saying the show feels uneven, I think that's because there's – season three really has made an effort to do more in terms of balancing storylines and making sure that all the characters are really well served. Yeah. And no episode better exemplifies this than the season – than episode 12 of the two-part season finale. Um, like, that's a master class in we have so much – here is all the story we've had all season, and we're really just going to dig in here. Yeah, and, and I mean – Again, kind of speaking to what you just said, the what happened in season two with Gretchen, if they would have tried to apply that same... Focus? Yeah, focus is probably the best word. To apply that same focus to Jimmy's story, I think it would have felt like we'd been there and done that before. They right. needed to break it up, and especially because of how specific each reaction is to each of them. Like, Jimmy is not dealing with clinical depression here. He is dealing with a very specific event. And because of those, because separating those two things are very important, both in acknowledging what they are and, and respectively how people should deal with them, um, I think by doing that this way in season three, by breaking things up a little bit more, it, I thought it, I thought it paid much better tribute to what he was going through. So yeah. Um, so no, that's uh, that's the best thing I've seen. I, I'm as usual just a very vocal advocate for the show. If you haven't watched it. Liz talking about what we've talked about so far. It's not a spoiler at all. 
It's not going to affect your judgment of the show. It's not going to affect your interpretation of the show. You're going to still love it. So please give it a try. First two seasons are on Hulu. Season three just wrapped. It'll be out. It's available. Find it. So Liz, best thing you watched in Ireland this week. Yeah, that's right. I was in Ireland this week. Yeah, you were. I've been – I haven't been in a bed in a while. I miss beds. What do you sleep on? Well, planes. But you had a hotel over there. Yeah, I spent. I, I I was there for. I was. I had first night. I the first. I arrived at eight thirty in the morning on my on my on. And then I dozed off on the bed. And then later that night, I did sleep in the bed. And then the next day, uh, I realized uh, that my car came at four thirty in the morning. So why bother going to bed? Why not just stay up and work? <laughs> So excellent no. decision making, Liz. Yeah, Very it's, proud. it's Friday afternoon. I haven't slept in a bed since Wednesday night. And look at the podcast performance you've put on. This is like Jordan sick in Game Six of the Finals, just coming through in the clutch. I mean, I, I remember when we were discussing how this po- we would have to record this podcast immediately after I returned back from the show uh, from the trip. I was like, Ben. You don't. We don't know what we'll be getting with me, and it's going to be funny. And I was trying to say, no, Liz, let's just do it. Let's do it differently. Let's let's record earlier. And I was just like, no, later, let's let's whatever. see what happens. But and it was like, f it, and worked out. Yeah. Well, well, it, it you for, tell us. It forced. Well, yeah, exactly. Seems like it to me. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm on par with my usual performance anyway. <laughs> um, but I feel like uh, the thing the thing is like it did make me focus, and it made me it, it, the the trip itself made me really focus on a couple like just like. I had to do work, and when I wasn't working, I should figure out how I'm sleeping. And if I'm not sleeping or working, um, I need to uh, go to the Guinness factory. What? Go to the Guinness factory. I got. I did get some brief tourism. T- I, I basically got three hours of tourism in a uh, 72-hour trip. Not bad. Not bad at all. Um, and I learned how to pour, pour a perfect pint. Perfect. And I have strong opinions now about people who do not do it. Darn right. Yeah, because it it's a thing. Yeah. There are steps. Oh yeah. Somebody served it to me wrong, and I was just like, lady. You just slapped her right in the face. Yep, exactly. Slapped those <laughs> teeth straight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they needed it. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, actually, it's funny because I was going to say, um, so I was, I was, I can say officially that I was in Ireland for Into the Badlands season two, which is coming out at a to be deter- to be officially announced date um, at some point in the future. I cannot say when that is, and I cannot say anything about what I saw while I was in Ireland. But I can say I did see, I did rewatch in preparation for the trip um, a bunch of Into the Badlands season one, and that continues to. Be, it if you never got a chance to check it out, um, it's worth it's worth looking into. It's a very weird show on so many levels, but the level of production design and the level of world building is really interesting and. The fact is, like, it's got the best martial arts on television. I think. I think, like, if the 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 martial arts fighting that occurs on this show is on par with, I mean, probably its closest competition is what Marvel's been doing with Daredevil, and will probably do even more so with Iron Fist. But it's like it, it it they they have a they have two units running in production simultaneously. One is a fight unit, and one is a drama unit. And the drama unit is spent you know it's like doing what they do they you know shoot dramatic scenes for episodes and they you know get through a certain amount of times the fight unit will spend an entire week on just one fight scene and it's fascinating to watch uh I can say I watched fighting. I guess I, I feel like that's not under embargo. Uh, point is, I rewatched Into the Badlands season one, season season uh, season one, 
And it reminded me how much I really enjoyed that show when it first aired. And if you haven't checked it out, I don't know exactly where it's airing. But it's uh, it doesn't have any really major stars. It's cr- it was created kind of out of whole cloth. It's a completely original idea by Miles Miller and Al Goff, who created uh, Smallville. And yeah, it's fun to watch. Interesting pick, Liz. Are you giving me like this the 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 stern look of did I just break an embargo? Because I'm pretty sure I'm 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 allowed to say there was fighting on the show. I mean, some of those embargoes are pretty strict. Yeah, you're you're just being very skittish right now because you've had to sign a lot of really intense ones lately. I've signed so many non-disclosures. I don't feel like I can talk about anything. Yeah, we probably should have just canceled the pod this week. Nah, we can't. See so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, Ben, what's the next thing you're looking forward to? Um, honestly, we're getting into a little bit of skittish territory here for for TV. There's there's a few things left coming out to be excited for this year. Um, but I I gotta just make a quick plug for something that I I really want people to see. And there is a TV tie-in, so we'll start with that. Okay. Guys, if you miss Kyle Chandler right now, if you could go for some coach in your life, and you're not too emotionally unstable, I would highly suggest Manchester by the Sea. Is that Uh, out in theaters now? It is out as we're speaking, Liz. Came out Friday prior to the release of this. Oh, wonderful. Um, It is an Amazon Studios distributed film. um, But you can go watch it. I believe. You should go Um, watch it in the theater boxes. You should should definitely watch it in the theater. I don't think, no, it's not available on Amazon yet, I don't think. Um, Okay. But Casey Affleck, Michelle Williams, uh, it's Kenneth Lonergan's third film. It is a beautiful story. I'm hesitant to even talk about the general plot of it because so much of it you need to experience in the moment. And even the trailer, in my opinion, gives away a little bit too much. It's not quite what we were talking about earlier where... Like with Room? With Room, where it gives away a ton of specific plot points. But it's something where you really are asked to study these characters and to try to understand what they're going through in the moment without fully getting their background first. Um, And that makes it pretty intriguing to go through. And I'm not saying if you did know certain things, it wouldn't still be valuable. But um, I will say that Coach in a Boston accent is everything that you've come to love about filmmaking, TV, entertainment, any kind of acting. Just uh, hold on to that one, uh, people. But uh, but yeah, Manchester by the Sea is what I just got to – I got to plug it. It's – I love it so much. I'll allow you the Coach tie-in. Yeah. Coach for life, people. Yeah. So Clear eyes, full hearts. Can't lose. We're done. Liz, what's the thing you're looking forward to? Perhaps something on television. <laughs> no, it's on television. It's also on my desk right now. Um, uh, whatever. I'm not talking about the Game of Thrones box set. Oh. <laughs> whatever. Same reaction. That's mean. Um, uh, anyways, uh, we have screeners for the first half of Man in the High Castle Season 2. Whatever. and. There's this is gonna be it's it's a there's it's interesting the show's gonna be one that's gonna be important to look at just in terms of a behind the scenes level because we're gonna find out what it looks like when a show technically doesn't have a showrunner anymore um, and loses its showrunner halfway through the season and isn't replaced by a new showrunner which is relatively unprecedented in the state of television today um, and beyond that though it's a very it's a story about what America would look like if it was taken over by fascists. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun, lighthearted, not at all terrifying viewing. Oh, no, it's absolutely <clears throat> not a prediction of, you know, what's going to 
happened in about two years. It can't be, Ben. It's fantasy. Right. It has no relevance whatsoever to our modern world. Totally made up. No parallels to bring up. Don't expect to see a bajillion headlines related to our current political climate. Yes. Uh, coverage is embargoed through until December 7th, but uh, we will be, you know, keeping an eye on that one. And I'm in the meantime, I in the meantime enjoy myself uh, a lighthearted fantasy that has no relationship whatsoever, no allegorical connection whatsoever to our modern world. Um, so Hard pass. <laughs> and you'll be able to read about it and other shows, uh, including... Oh my God, you guys, we have so much Gilmore Girls coverage already, thanks to our lovely uh, senior editor, Han, who's been killing it with wonderful breakdowns of everything from what it took to rebuild the sets. Hashtag Han wins. Han wins. And then uh, break down the sets, like what what it meant to all the different actors to come back to the show. And then next week, we're going to have more critical analysis. Uh, I have... Current the current rough draft uh, the current rough list of characters I will be ranking from the world of Gilmore Girls is around seventy. Um, that's gonna it's, I, have, I have fun. Tradition week. continues. Yes. What what is? A tradition continues. A proud tradition. Um, and it'll be definitive, and no one else's no one else uh, no one else's opinion will matter on the subject. Right. Um, though I can I will be I can be persuaded to you know consider arguments in favor of one person or another maybe don't maybe don't preview your list with too many people around the office liz unless you want to really hear it in both ears <laughs> just saying good tip yeah so that's that's where, where you can find indiewire.com ben is there any any other anything else that people should listen to uh, there's some podcasts out there, but as mentioned in prior weeks, I'm no longer going to be going through all of the many, many IndieWire podcasts that there you should be listening four. to. There are just four. There's too many. Well, With there's three. not too many. You need all of them. But at the same time, there's too many to keep plugging until I have actual evidence that we are being plugged as well. That's oh it. My. I'm getting spiteful. It's the holidays, and I'm throwing barbs out there. I want to hear from the other people who listen to the other podcasts that we are getting a plug as well. It's the holidays. I'm getting spiteful. That's, I, that's me. I, I worry in about In a what nutshell, I, that's me this year. You know why, Liz? Because there hasn't been a new Leftovers episode in 2016, <laughs> and that's got to burr up my butt. <laughs> it makes him so mad that he can't, he can't just automatically make Leftovers the number one show on our top ten list of 2016. It just made things so much easier. It was so <laughs> obvious. Like, that was the clear choice. Now i got to have a friggin' debate in my own head about... It is, as opposed to actually fighting with the rest of us. No, I'm not worried about that. Um, gosh, <laughs> was it our top of uh, 2014, too? No, it was number... Uh, Three or something? Three, I think. Yeah. yeah. Huh. That, was, that was True Detective season one. <laughs> That's right. That's that, was, a, that was number two. I still, no matter what, I will lose the argument, I but I will Mad lose Man it over different shows. Mad was, yeah, I think that that feels right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and more importantly, you can find Ben on Twitter to tell him what you think about all this at Ben T. Travers. And you find Liz on Twitter at Lizlet, that's with an I and an E, if you want to read tweets that are supportive and nice and, you know, probably revolve around me being fired or apologizing profusely for being a dick. <laughs> I don't tweet that much. I can't yeah, cover true. all those times. True. Um, <laughs> meantime, thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week. And in the meantime, you guys, happy Thanksgiving and keep watching television. Mm-hmm.